and we're going to turn to Luke chapter 15. It's a very well-known portion of God's Word. Luke chapter 15, if you have a Bible there, you can just listen to the reading. We're going to read uh, from verse 1 uh, through to verse 7. Luke 15, and we're going to read from verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he has found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors and says unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. It's that time of the year. When we're in the countryside, if we get the opportunity to see that that the lambs are in the fields and we see those spring lambs, just it's such a joy to see them running around the fields and being so playful. And it brings us a focus tonight on this great uh, uh, parable that the Lord Jesus Christ told us in Luke chapter 15. And so you understand, maybe if you're not aware tonight, but so you understand this parable of the lost sheep. In the same chapter, you'll find the parable of the lost sheep. You'll find the parable of the lost coin. You'll find the parable of the lost son. A story told, this is what a parable is. It's an illustration uh, told to give a great and reveal a great eternal spiritual truth, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so here the Lord would teach and reveal the great truths of the kingdom of God, just through these simple parables, they're so simple about the the lost sheep. The Bible tells us concerning the teachings of Jesus, found in the gospel accounts. It tells us these words, all these things speak Jesus unto the multitudes in parables. And without a parable, speak he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things, which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. That Christ would teach in his earthly ministry when Jesus walked this scene of time, that his teachings would be, would be brought to the people in simple illustrations in order that they would understand the great truths, the great truths of the kingdom of God. His disciples asked the question in Matthew 13 and 13, Lord, why do you speak in parables, basically they were saying, Lord, why do you teach in such simple language and so simple stories? And this is what the Lord said, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And what the Lord was referring to here is these religious men, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the self-righteous the men that did not want the Lord and rejected him when the Lord taught in parables, even though they heard the story, like the simple story of a lost lamb, 
They weren't able to comprehend, even though they heard the words, even though they seen what he was saying, but they couldn't comprehend the simple truths of the kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus taught in simple stories. The Bible tells us in Mark 12 and 13 that the common people heard him gladly. The ordinary man in the street, the ordinary Jew, as we would say, they grasped what the Lord was saying. They understood because he related to them in very simple everyday life stories. They got what the Lord was saying. And I pray tonight that you'll get what the Lord is saying to you through this simple parable. But religious people struggled with what he was teaching them. Self-righteous people, people that feel that they're good enough to get into heaven, did not understand the great truth of what the Lord was saying. They had ears, but they couldn't hear what he was saying. And in our reading tonight, we open this account with a large gathering of sinners around the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to imagine it just for a moment, we see a large gathering of people that are gathered around the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible just says there was a large gathering of sinners and publicans. If you can imagine this in, in modern day terms, these were just ordinary people. Uh, many of them, some of them might have been known to be thieves. Some of them might have been struggling with alcoholism. Some might have been prostitutes or criminals. Some were there just ordinary people that are broken and hurting, tormented souls, uh, tormented minds, no peace, lonely people with broken lives. And they gathered around the Lord, Je the Lord Jesus Christ. And then as they gathered and they gathered around the Lord as he began to teach them, we see another group of men. They were known as the Pharisees and the scribes. And these religious men, they gathered also, but they began to complain when they seen that these sinners, that these sinners were allowed to come close to the Lord. And here the Lord begins to tell this wonderful story, this parable with great eternal truths. And this is awesome tonight because although it's so simple, but in this simple story tonight, we find out some of the most wonderful revelations of God, of Jesus Christ, of God's love, of God's desire, of God's purpose, of God's purpose in coming into the world, and God's purpose to die on the cross for you. He did it for you and for me. Here we see simply the Lord as he's standing there listening to the complaining of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he looks on this great multitude of hopeless people, broken people, lives that are ruined by sin. And as he looks at the Pharisees, he begins to teach them. And he says, now which one of you, now he begins to open up the great teachings of the kingdom of God. And he says, which one of you having, being a shepherd and having a hundred sheep, so straight away we are, we are brought to this revelation that this shepherd is Jesus Christ. He's revealing himself as a shepherd, the almighty God. That's who Jesus is in the flesh. Now in this simple story of the shepherd and the lost sheep, he reveals to us straight away, there's a shepherd, there's a good shepherd, there's a great shepherd, and that's Jesus Christ. And now we see something of the spiritual truth of who Jesus is. He's a good shepherd. He's a great shepherd. And you know, we see here as, as he reveals himself 
as the shepherd, God's son, the almighty. Isaiah chapter 40 tells us these words, Isaiah 40 verse 10. Behold, the Lord shall come with a strong hand. His arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work is before him. Verse 11, listen to these words. As the prophet Isaiah prophesies of the ministry of Jesus Christ, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather He shall gather the lambs with his arms. He shall gather them in his bosom and he shall gently lead those with the young. What a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ as he gathers people unto himself, as he gathers the lambs and picks them up. And then Isaiah goes from revealing us, revealing to us him as a shepherd, the great shepherd. But then in verse 12, just after that verse, then he says, now, this is this shepherd he's still talking about. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? This is still the shepherd. Who has measured out the heavens with the span? This is still the shepherd. And comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. And weighed the mountains of the world in scales and the hills in a balance. So now we're seeing that this, this man, Jesus God in the flesh revealed to us as a shepherd, but now we're seeing him also as God, the Almighty One. He said, who has measured though? This is the God, the, the kingdom that we're speaking of. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? If you look at the hollow of your hand, this God is so great and so mighty, and there is no one like him, this shepherd, Jesus. But he measured the waters in the very hollow of his hand. You know, It tells us that 70% of the earth's surface is covered in water. They estimate, they estimate, man estimates that there are 333 million cubic miles of water. And the Bible says, listen of this great shepherd, the Bible says that he's measured, he's measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, the Almighty God. And here he is in the flesh, Jesus Christ, as the shepherd. He tells us here, that, that, that this, this same Jesus, that he's meted out or measured out the heavens with the span of his hand. Listen, the observable universe, what we can see, and we know there's galaxies beyond that. But the observable universe, when you look up into the skies at night, you see the glory and the stars and the moon and recently seeing the, the planets and so forth. They tell us that it is believed that the width of this universe is 93 billion light years wide. Listen, 93 billion light years wide. A light year, a light year is 5.88 trillion miles. The Earth's circumference is simply 24,900 miles long. And so we get a grasp of it. If the earth is 24,900 miles, that that one light year is 5.88 trillion miles. And the observable universe is 93 billion light years wide. It simply tells us here that this almighty God, listen carefully, this almighty God, he simply has measured that out with the span of his hand. Now he's speaking about the shepherd. We're seeing something awesome about this almighty God as he reveals himself as the shepherd, but he has measured the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand. He has measured out the the very universe 
with the span of his hand. He has comprehended the dust of the earth as a measure. God has measured all the dust of the earth, the sand, the sea, the dust of the entire globe, right down to the tiniest grain that God knows the weight. And lastly then it says that he's weighed the mountains and scales. God knows the very weight of the mountains of the world, the greatest mountain of our world, Everest, 29,000 feet high. The greatest mountain in the United Kingdom, 4,430, 13 feet high. The highest mountain in the north of Ireland, Sleeve Donner, 2,790 feet high. And yet in all the mountains and the hills of the world, God Almighty has weighed them in his scales. And this is the same God that is revealed to us tonight as a shepherd. And what we see in this God who is so great and so mighty, we begin to see in this simple story the very inner desire of an almighty God. His deep longing and his awesome love for his creation. That God has created you. That God desires because God loves us because he is love. And the desire of God nearly beyond our grasp, our human understanding, we hardly can take it in, but yet reveal to us in these parables, there's a shepherd that comes seeking a lost lamb. We see a shepherd who has a possession of 100 sheep. And now we read that there is one missing. Now I want to show you the shepherd as Almighty God, but now we want to look at this lamb. And could I tell you, if you're not saved tonight, if you're lost tonight, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, I want to tell you that in this parable, the truth that's in the parable is the lost sheep, the one lost sheep in the story is you. You're the lost sheep. You're the one that is lost. I want you to think of that word lost. Tonight, without Christ, the Bible says that we're lost. Just think about that for a moment. Not your loss, but yet there's an almighty God revealed to us as a great shepherd that's willing to leave the 100 and the 99 and go after the one, just that one that is lost. The definition of the word lost simply is unable to find their way or ruined or destroyed physically or morally. A ruined life, a lost soul. In the Bible, the word lost simply means to perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, shall not be lost, but have everlasting life. And that's what it is in the Bible to be lost, not to have hope, not to be without God in this world, to be broken, to be empty, to be lost. And that's you in this story. If you're not saved, you're the lost lamb. You're the lost one. Do you know that you're lost? Do you know that you're perishing without Christ? That's what you are, perishing, heading for a Christless eternity. If you would die tonight in your sin, you would die lost and you'd be lost forever in a place called hell. Lost, the lamb is lost. You're lost in a wilderness, lost in the world, barren and without life, thirsty, wandering, looking for an answer, open to all the, all the attacks of the wild beasts in this world because there's real spiritual wild beasts. 
The Bible says that the devil, like a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is represented as a wild beast, as a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. The hymn writer said, far off in the cold and the dark, away on the mountains wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care, we see this lamb lost. Friend, are you lost? Do you recognize that you're lost tonight? Is your life ruined? Are you perishing? Do you recognize that without Christ that you're lost? You're perishing. You're going to a lost sinner's eternity. A place called hell without hope and without Christ. Now look at the shepherd again. Do you recognize and see that you're lost? If you're lost tonight, lost without Christ, if you can see it, you see, when Jesus is telling these parables, he talks about a people that hear, but they cannot hear. In other words, tonight that they're sitting and they're hearing the words, but they don't identify with what's being said because of of the pride of their heart. But if you're in your heart able to say, I know I'm lost. I know I'm without Christ. I know I've wandered from the flock. Maybe a backslider tonight and you've wandered away from God and you've wandered into the wilderness and you're far from the shepherd's care. You're lost. You're lost. Lost without hope. Lost without Christ. Now I want you to look at the shepherd. He tells them about a shepherd that leaves the 99. Here's the truth. Here's a God that's so rich in mercy. Here's a God that sends his only begotten son into the world, Jesus Christ, to save men who are perishing. The love of God, this is what it is. This is what it means. This is what he did for you. The love of God And he sends his only begotten son into that world for that one lost lamb. That's you. You're the lost sheep. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4 and 10, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation or a covering or a remedy for our sins. Here's the love of God. Here's the love of the shepherd. Knowing that you're lost and without hope. Maybe tonight you're listening and and the whole life is a mess. Maybe you're listening tonight and there's been a breakdown in the home. Maybe you're listening tonight and you feel so isolated and it's a dark place and there's mental torment and there's despair and you don't know where to turn. Yes, you're lost, friend. You're lost. You're lost without Christ. You're lost without hope. But the good news is that there's a shepherd, that there's a Christ that came into the world to save sinners. The Bible says he was rejected of man. He's a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He is despised and we esteemed him not. He has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God. But he was wounded on the cross of of Calvary. He was wounded for our sins, our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep, the Bible says, have gone astray. We've all sinned and fallen short. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Not one of us are good enough. As those Pharisees are standing looking at the crowds as they gather around the Lord, sinners, thieves, prostitutes, drug addicts, and people just lost without hope, just not knowing where to turn, and yet they gathered around the Lord. And the Lord says, you know, I've, I've, I'll leave them all 
just to go after that one lamb that's broken. This is the very heart. This is the spiritual truth that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And we, like those sheep, have gone astray. We have turned to our own way. But the Lord, it says, hath laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity of us all. That God put the iniquity of the world upon his own son who knew no sin and there was no guile in his mouth and yet all the sin of the world was placed upon him. And tonight, friend, you can be found. You can know the grace and the mercy of God if by simple faith in Christ and repentance of sin. Tonight, you don't have to be lost. You can be found. You can know the great love of God to flood your heart and your soul. We see Christ on the cross. We see him leaving the splendor of heaven. We see him coming into this sin-cursed, barren world. We see him coming with the desire of God to seek and to save men that are lost. You and I, thank God he died on that cross for you. On that dark, lonely hill called Golgotha. That place, Mount Calvary, there where he took our sin and our shame, and there he hangs, the Son of all of God, the Almighty One, the Prince of Glory. It was for you and it was for me. He did it for you, friend. Lost tonight. Lost without hope. Lost without Christ. Not knowing where to turn. But tonight, friend, the Savior comes seeking those that are lost. One is lost in the wilderness. One is lost in that place. And if we ever could grasp tonight the truth of what it was for Jesus to come into the world and to die on that cross, if we for a moment could get the hold of this, that Jesus died on the cross for you and for me, if we could grasp what he went through on that awful time, going through that garden of Gethsemane, going up that lonely hill called Calvary with that cross on his back, and there they nailed him to the cross, if we could grasp it tonight that Jesus did it all for you. The Bible tells us that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that was that which is lost. What a night it was. What a time it was. When Jesus hung on that cross, friend. The old hymn writer says, But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark was the night which the Lord passed through. He did it all for you. And then he comes searching. The searching Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank God for the conviction of sin, being uncomfortable. Thank God tonight if maybe you've lost your sleep because you're concerned for your life and where it is. The Holy Ghost begins to disturb that one soul. Here he comes searching for that one. The searching, the searching for that one lamb that is lost. We are seeing the Lord here. We're seeing the Holy Ghost that brings conviction of sin. We're seeing the purposes of God that he begins to search out that one. Just that one looking for you, looking for me. Longing, desiring, persistent, pursuing the relentless love of Jesus Christ. It is an awesome thing when God pursues a man. When the almighty God of heaven and earth, by the power of the Holy Ghost, begins to pursue after a man. 
The conviction of the Holy Spirit. The pursuing love of God. I'm going to tell you friends. There's no, there's, no, there's no hole that's too deep. There's no pit that's too dark. There's no prison bonds that are too great tonight. But that the Holy Spirit would seek. And go after those that are lost. Thank God he saves lost men. Men that know they're lost. Women that know they're lost and without hope. They're not too proud like the Pharisees and the Sadducees that complained about those sinners that came. But thank God tonight that he welcomes sinners into his kingdom. Thank God he saves sinners like me. Sinners like you. Thank God tonight for the searching, for the longing, for the looking, for the desiring for the persistent, for the pursuing, for the relentless love of God, that God loves us. He did it all for us. He went through Calvary for us. He took the beating on his back for us. He took the nails in his hands and his feet for you and for me. He did it all for you. When he finds that lamb in that wilderness, thank God he's willing to stoop way down low. Thank God that Jesus came way down low to find that little lamb. Wounded, fearful, troubled, hurting, lost. And thank God that he's come into the world to save those that are lost. Now the great shepherd comes. He's telling this wonderful parable. The Pharisees can't understand it. But the sinner, the sinner that recognizes they're lost, they know. And that, that wonderful shepherd comes and he seeks out. And he finds that one little lamb that has gone astray. And he reaches down in, perhaps onto that thorny hedge or, or in behind that rock or down in to that old pit. And he lays hold his hand, the gentle hand of Almighty God. But that nail-pierced hand tonight is able to reach down into the very depths of sin and into the marry clay and into the wickedness of these hearts and these lives. And thank God that he receives sinners and he reached away down low. Thank God he came away down low. And he lifts us up out of that horrible pit. And he puts us upon his shoulders. And he brings us back into the fold. And he begins to rejoice. And he says, I have found my sheep which was lost. That's you, friend. I have found my sheep which is lost. He says, as those great crowds are standing there, I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. Look what has to happen. Repentance. How important this is. The turning away from sin. To be sorry for your sin because you've sinned against God. I want to tell you, friend, that God is rich in mercy. But he calls all men everywhere, commands all men everywhere to repent. Repent of your sin. Now as that repentance comes and you're sorry for your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, I tell you all of heaven, think about it tonight. If you could even grasp it for a moment, he says all. Listen to what he says. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. One man, one woman, one boy or one girl that simply says, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And tonight, friend, all of heaven's rejoicing over one sinner. But he says more than over 99 just persons which don't need to repent. Think about it for a moment. How important it is to repent. Think about it. The self-righteous. 
the Pharisees, the religious people, the good living people, the people that have status, not willing to bow the knee and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Would you forgive me? I'm sorry. Lord, would you save me? And that shepherd just reaches forth that hand, praise the Lord, and lifts us from that merry clay. The Pharisees couldn't hear. The Pharisees couldn't see. Scribes and the Sadducees, as they stood with all their religious gear, they couldn't grasp the simplicity of the parable. A shepherd that went to seek after one lamb that was lost. Let me ask you tonight, friend, if you're not saved and you've listened in tonight, I thank you for doing that. But do you recognize that you're lost? Do you know you're lost? Do you know you're without hope? You're without Christ? And if you were to die tonight, you would go to a lost eternity, a place called hell. Do you recognize you're lost? Do you know your life is lost? I've got great news for you tonight. There's a great shepherd. And he's come into the world to save sinners, men that are perishing. Tonight, if you return to the Lord, if you'd repent and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, would you save me? Just even where you right, right are, where you are right now, just say, Lord, would you save me? I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, save me. I'm lost. Or maybe you're a backslider. You're listening tonight and you've walked away from the Lord and you're cold and hard. And you know, I want to tell you something, backslider. You'll never find the satisfaction in this world. You've tasted of the Lord and you know that he's good. And you'll never find anything in this world will ever compare to Jesus Christ. But you will find brokenness. You will find ruin. You will find that you'll come to an end. And you'll find when you come to the end, it's just ruin, wreck, and sin. Maybe you're at that place tonight. Backslider, it's time to come home. It's time to get right. It's time to get right with God. There's mercy. There's mercy with this shepherd. All we like sheep have gone astray. And tonight, if you're willing to humble our hearts and say, Lord, I'm lost. I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. Please come into my heart and save me. If that's your prayer tonight, friend, I want to tell you something. There's a great shepherd. There's a good shepherd. He's given his life for his sheep. He gave it all for us in Calvary. And if you're willing tonight to turn to him, you'll be found. He did it all for you. You're here tonight listening in. And you've made that recommitment in your heart. You know you need to. And you've made that recommitment or commitment for the first time in your heart to get saved. Can I encourage you? Would you make contact with us? You can message us. You can send an email. You can phone us or let somebody know. But if you would just let us know, we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. But tonight, think about it. Over one sinner that repents, the whole of heaven, the legions of angels around the throne, rejoice over that one sinner. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray tonight that you would bless your word. The Holy Spirit of God would continue to deal with hearts, bring conviction of sin, deal with men and women, boys and girls, young people, speak into their lives. Lord, we thank you that you're rich in mercy. We thank you for your great love tonight. 
demonstrated on that cross for every man and every human on this planet. Lord, we thank you that you come in to save sinners, men, women, boys and girls that are lost. Lord, if we see it and we hear it, would you work tonight in our hearts? Would you save precious souls that your name would be glorified? We ask all these mercies in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening tonight. If you have made a commitment to the Lord or you want to speak to us, please, if you would message us in some way, you can contact us through the website or private message there on Facebook. But if you would contact us or contact us in any way, we'd be glad to pray for you and give you some material and encourage you in the Lord. Thank you for listening tonight. Praise the Lord.